Personality Matters is brought to you by WorkStyle, the lightweight app that teaches employees how to identify, understand, and connect with the different personalities around them in just five minutes of fun training a day. Make your customers love working with you and your employees love working for you with WorkStyle. Visit work.style to learn more or to request a demo. And now, here's the host of Personality Matters, Sheila Lothian. Welcome to Personality Matters. I'm Sheila Lothian. Anybody who has kids or is an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or, for that matter, was a child, and that's all of us, knows that kids have big personalities. Those personalities can be a ton of fun to interact with. They can also be very challenging to interact with. And children's personalities really conform to one of a few different styles from a very early age. And when you understand those personalities a little bit better, it can make parenting easier. It can make grandparenting easier. It can make it a lot more fun. Challenges make a lot more sense. And the whole entire experience can kind of be better for both parent and child. Joining me today to talk about parenting with personality is Andy Solom. Andy is the director of our learning and engagement team here at Mattersight. He's a certified expert in personality, travels all over the world, training teams on how to use personality science to improve their interactions with each other and with customers. Andy is also the father of two awesome teenage daughters, so he's definitely seasoned in both personality and parenting, and I'm so excited today to pick his brain on both of these subjects. Andy, welcome to Personality Matters. Thank you. Thanks for coming into the studio. I'm excited. So before we dive into the parenting stuff, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? I gave you kind of a setup there, but when you're going to train a team of people on personality, what does that look like? What are the outcomes you're looking for? Give us kind of a snapshot of your life as a personality trainer. Sheila, everybody says that they have the best job, the best team, and I feel the same way here at Mattersight. My team has the awesome responsibility of going in and helping customers think through the people side of large-scale implementations, large-scale change. And we go in and we help them see how incredibly important just understanding personality can be. It can be life-changing. And okay, so what makes it really fun, every time we meet with the team, almost every time there's somebody that will come up to us and will say, you know, after the class yesterday, after learning more about the personality, now I understand why my husband or my teenage daughter or son does what they do. And it makes so much more sense to me. This class is going to help me at work. But at the end of the day, it's going to help me at home. So they immediately make that yeah. connection. Hearing that can be so much more exciting than the day in, day out, mundane, regular job. Yeah. To know that I can go in and change somebody's life yeah. beyond work, Yeah, really pretty cool. Yeah, that's not every job. Yeah, There isn't that takeaway from every job. Or it's not that easy to identify. Right. I can apply this right. at home. Was there ever a point at which you were like, I'm going to try to separate these two things? Or like the people that you trained, did you always see, hey, this is something that I can use with my family in my personal life? Like, I really see the benefit here. No, it wasn't something I saw right away. Okay. I'm an advisor. My style, it's in our DNA to have this sort of core sense of what's right and wrong. 
we have this belief system and it rules our life. Yeah. And one of the fundamental at my DNA, at my core is this belief that family time, home time is separate from work. Yeah. It's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. If I can't find a job or a career that allows me to have that family time and that separation, I'll find another gig. Yeah. But what's really neat about what we do here is that working and understanding how people interact, human interaction, it's not working on widgets. It's not re-engineering a manufacturing line. It's not finding efficiencies in process. It's actually how people communicate. And that doesn't end at five thirty, six o'clock when you hop on the train or right. you jump in the car and you go home. So once I sort of realize that, I bring that part of my job home, and that's the best part because it's about connecting with others, and I can apply it with my wife, with my kids, with my parents, friends, then it also helps me really sort of engage with my job at another level. Right. So it wasn't cutting into your family time. It was enhancing your family time. Oh, my gosh, yeah. To bring work home was, in fact, improving family life. And I want to just kind of stop here and say, because you mentioned you're an advisor. That's a personality style. There are six of them. If you are listening and this is the first time you're hearing that term, you're going to hear them throughout this episode and others, go back to the first episode of this podcast. And that's a crash course in all of these personality styles. And that's going to really give you kind of a deeper dive into what each of these styles is. So you brought work home, you realized it was really going to something that was going to enhance your family life. How quickly or early were you able to identify your girls' personality styles? And was it harder for you to spot them because of the nature of your natural closeness with your daughters? I know for myself as a parent, I found it difficult to have the perspective on them, kind of the distance. Was that true for you? Or were you like instantly, she's this, she's this, and kind of how young were they? For me, I had a great mentor who taught me some of the filters. And I think it's something that can be really learned. Early on, you start looking for some of those language patterns, and they're so predictable and noticeable. Peel away everything else you know about your kids, and you just start talking to them. Mm -hmm. Get them talking about things that they enjoy. Just go off on a tangent. And by the end of that conversation, you'll take away your biases. Yeah. You'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. 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 So there wasn't this complexity that I let get in the way. And I credit just learning how to ask the right questions and listen for the answers. Those answers are so predictable. How early okay. do you yeah, think a, you can really see it? I know that the personality model that we use says, I think by age seven, these things are established. We can tell your base style, your core sort of hardwired style birth or even yeah. just soon after. I, because I mean, I think as a parent, I've seen my kids' personalities predate their language for sure. For sure. And, you know, from like minute one almost. <laughs> I can, you know. My wife says in utero, they totally acted differently. Completely. She felt differently. Yeah. I would say it was noticeable for me. And when they were in the crib, I didn't know the process communication model. I really wasn't up on personality styles. Yeah. But I knew there was a difference. Yeah. Just in their sleep pattern, take away all other stimuli, how they acted in the crib. One entertained herself until she got bored, and then she became just a nightmare. And the other one was very consistent. Sleeping, crib, sleeping. When she was awake, she'd wait quietly for us. 
fundamentally different. In fact, get them out of the crib, and one would fight going to sleep, even just as a six-month-old. Mm-hmm. Because if there were other people around, if there were stimuli around, she couldn't go to sleep. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And the other one would if she could crawl up the stairs and put herself to bed if we were having a good time. It's amazing. It's so interesting. And it's right from the start. So how has your understanding of personality, your knowledge of it influenced how you parent? I know that's a big question, but I guess, you know, on a day-to-day basis, are you thinking, okay, she's a connector. I'm going to tailor this message to that. When my kids were younger and I was learning, I kept it pretty straightforward. You know, it was about recognizing when they were in distress, seeing the signs of it, you know, knowing what I know about the different styles, that distress is a, an advertising of what's important to them and the language they're using. And so if I knew what was causing that distress, if I, you know, could recognize it, I could go in and help them alleviate that. So it was really step one or phase one in my own learning in parenting and using it was really to alleviate distress. And again, so distress when things are important, uncertain, unknown, not necessarily upset, right. not necessarily bad or or negative, but just a heightened state of discomfort when you really need to meet those personality needs. So can I ask what styles your kids are? Sure. My eldest is an original Okay. And a lot of fun. Yeah. And when things are going great, everything is all good. Smiles, creative. When things aren't going so great, she can be over the top with a little drama. So recognizing that and knowing how to swoop in and help her through that Mm -hmm. has been very helpful. My other daughter is an advisor and so vastly different. And that came out when she was very young very stubborn. And her language, even at early ages, three, four years old, talked about fairness. Mm. Everything was through a filter of that's not right. That's not fair. She could write the textbook for how, you know, we look for advisor's language. I have an advisor too. And like you, I'm also an advisor. And that's kind of an interesting parent-child pairing. Right. I've just found it so helpful to recognize that's what you are. That's why you're in distress right now, you know, and to take that step back and kind of see, okay, what you need right now is X, you know, and and I can give it to you in this moment because I get what you need and how you're saying what you're saying makes me understand what to give you right now. And, And it's fascinating because for the advisor child or teenager their distress is going to be finding mistakes in the world Mm -hmm. around them Mm -hmm. and digging in their heels. All kids dig their heels in, but for the advisor, it's, it's about not feeling a sense of fairness Mm -hmm. and it's just not right. And you almost see the clenched fists and the clenched jaw and to be able to swoop in as a parent and help them. What, you know what they're really looking for is to understand their role, to understand where they fit in, to be told that they're right. Because they really want to have a sense of 
how I add value to whatever situation it is, whether it's a friend group situation that's caused that distress or family or schoolwork or team, but to be able to help them understand their role and how they fit. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if you had a connector child who was confused and overwhelmed and you, to be able to just go in and let them know that you're there for them, and that you love them mm-hmm. can have the same effect as the advisor child. Very different strategy though. Yeah. You know, and then an organizer, it's to help problem solve. The organizers, they're structured, they're data oriented. They need that structured and, and, and a recognition Process. of effort. And, and their distress is going to come out differently as, and they're going to be frustrated. So what they end up doing is asking even more questions. All kids ask questions, but boy, if you have an organizer child, they're going to ask a lot of questions because they're trying to understand and process the world around them so that they can make smart choices and think through things for themselves. Mm-hmm. They'd like to be responsible. Yeah. What I don't want to do is be preachy. And I can come swooping in and tell my kid exactly what the problem is, why they're acting the way they are, why their friends are frustrating them. They don't want to hear that. That sounds like school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I like to do is come in and, and help. What's really neat is that before it was very one-sided with younger kids, I have this model knowledge. I'm going to use it to my advantage as parent <laughs> to, right. To, right. to help the situation. Right. And, you know, super dad, right. I'm putting my hands on my, my hips. But with a teenager, you're just looking for any opportunity to have a conversation. And you welcome those conversations. And they're either really awesome conversations. And you're like, who is this growing adult? This This is so cool. And then it could totally be the opposite. It's like, who is this devil child? I don't recognize you at all. And so as a teenager, now it becomes just conversational. Yeah. But it's not about the style names. It's just about what are you recognizing in the other person? What are they doing? How does that make you feel? How do you suppose that they're filtering the situation? So do your girls know about the styles or have you directly kind of introduced them to this? Or are you just trying to get them to understand it in this organic way? It's been very organic. Yeah. Both my kids know their own style. And if the situation presents itself, I'll explain the other person's style, whether it be me or my wife or one of their friends. I know most of their friends' styles, Mm -hmm. and I help them weave through it that way. But they don't know all six styles, Mm -hmm. and they don't know all the nuances the way I do. I'd like to sort of teach them just to recognize the patterns. And it's not necessarily about the label. It's so interesting to know the labels, and I think it's a lot of fun, and it helps give kind of a structure and a context, but it really is about learning to listen, you know, and kind of figuring out, okay, I'm hearing this. So this is how I should respond to that. You don't really need these labels to do that. You You just, it starts with listening and knowing what to listen for in it. And it is kind of a very intuitive thing. What we need to do is just help people fine tune it. We as a society have spent so much time and effort on re-engineering green belts, black belts, finding efficiencies. You know, we don't spend a lot of time on, you know, how do you best connect with other people? Mm-hmm. I guess it's because we've, we all sort of figure our way and we, we muscle through it, if you will. What's neat about this is you can literally make it more explicit and recognize those language patterns, and it's teachable mm-hmm. because it is just language. It's just language. It's language it's, and, and listening. And it's what like we're doing it all the time every day. Every day. It's just a question every, of applying some focus. 
So you asked the question, though, how much do my kids know about it? I can give you a, a real-life example that happened this week. It's homecoming season. I have a high school daughter. She's the original. She just wants life to be easy. It's her senior year in high school. She's got a friend who's very different. She's an organizer and has tried to take over all of the planning, the pre-party, the t-shirts and homecoming is not what it used to be, (laughs) but okay. They have a t-shirt and they have where they're going for dinner, where they're going to do pictures and who's driving. And there's lots of details. And this other gal is totally into it and was on a group FaceTime and took over. I've done this. I've done this with the t-shirts and I organized this. And she went through this litany of all of the work that she'd done looking for somebody to say, thank you for the work. She wasn't getting the thank you. Mm -hmm. Kids don't recognize that language pattern that she's an organizer and she would really like to be recognized for all that effort. And what ends up happening is they hang up from the FaceTime. My daughter, the original, is saying, oh, she's making it so hard. She just keeps talking. It's all about her. It's all about her. And she didn't want to see how much easier this other girl has made the entire process. Yeah. She wanted to talk about how the other girl took over and made it boring and this is so difficult. And so it gives me an opportunity to sit down and say, okay, let's talk about how did it sound? Yeah. What did she say? What do you think she wanted from you? Take yourself out of the situation. Easier said than done with teenagers. Right. But that's the way we've sort of learned over time is taking a teachable moment yeah. like that and helped her understand how a quick thank you. Wow. You made this easier. Great job. Great job. Could have toned that other girl down mm-hmm. and made it more fun. Right. Because she was going to keep listing all the things she did until somebody said. And she did. And she, she did, just kept doing nobody it. Was saying it. And no she one set up another thank call. You. you did a ton of work here. Right. Thank you. Like, right. I can see you really worked hard on this. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's so great to be equipped with a tool like that. And. You know, with teenagers, and I'm kind of at the beginning of that stage of parenting, but I certainly remember being one. And I think all you can hope is that the things that you do and say sink in and reemerge somewhere, but I think they do. And this is just a great one to be able to listen, hear those clues and, and respond to them is so incredibly valuable. And I think the earlier you start, the better. What are a few things that you would say parents, grandparents, teachers, anybody who's listening right now who interacts with kids can do to make those interactions better with personality? The first thing to do is just learn how to identify. We recognize the patterns. Mm -hmm. They're around us all the time. Mm -hmm. There are some folks that just speak quickly and in a linear fashion. There are other folks that speak about very personal things and emotions and feeling states. There are others that will give you every belief and every judgment, whether you're asking for it or not. But to be able to start to recognize the language patterns is step one. And if you can recognize and start to separate them out, it becomes even more intuitive. It gives you that insight. Wow. They're speaking this way. How do they want me to speak back? Mm -hmm. It's easy to get caught up in the heightened emotion of the moment, it's hard to take that step back. So I think recognizing the language patterns and recognizing when there are, it is a challenging moment to 
just take yourself out of it and start and hear. Yeah. And you know, there's some nuance to it, right? It's what are they talking about and why, how are they talking about it? Is it me centered? Is it the other person centered? Is it process centered? Mm -hmm. Is it feeling centered? There are different ways to sort of categorize it. Mm -hmm. If you can start to recognize that they have a preponderance of process oriented language, data oriented language, that could be a clue. Mm -hmm. They ask questions to understand. They're not asking questions to find fault or any other reason that puts it in a category. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the first step. Once I started to do that in my own world, then I started to understand. It started to sort of roll into that next step, which is understand the different patterns. Why are they asking what they're asking? Why are they speaking the way they're speaking? Because that'll give you insight and in how they want to be spoken mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. Recognize the language that people use. It's not happenstance. Mm -hmm. It really is meaningful. And if you could recognize it, it might give you some insight into what's important to that person and how they would like to be spoken to, how best to connect with them. Step three would be just practice. Right. See what works. Yeah. Okay. My daughter or my son is speaking all linear data, ask lots of questions to understand. I'm going to give them data and linear back. I'm going to give them praise around their effort. I'm going to give praise around their knowledge and their logic and see how they respond. Mm -hmm. If they respond really well, if their face lights up and they, you know, you know, you're on to something. Right. If it doesn't, tweak it a little bit. Maybe it's not an organizer that they are. Maybe they're advisor. So then you, you start to give the praise around their role and their value and their leadership. See how that works. Mm -hmm. So the practice part, it can only help. When these challenging parenting moments arise, you know what to go to, what to pull out. And you're going to get what, where they're coming from, too. Right. Like, not all tantrums are the same, no. and not all teenage upset is the same. And We all have all six of these personality styles. Mm -hmm. And so different styles come out. But one tends to bubble up more than others. Right. And this is a journey. Once you figure it out, or you, you're, you, know, you think you've got it, work with it, see what works, learn more. Okay. In certain situations, that strategy does or doesn't work. It's a journey. It's, a it's journey. fun. It is fun. It's a, it's really fun to start I, tuning into this piece of the kids in your life. It really makes it interesting. And there are a lot of ahas when you start to listen for this stuff. I wouldn't be the parent I am today without knowing this. My relationship with my girls would be fundamentally different. I guarantee you I would have been one-sided. This is the way you do things. This mm -hmm. is how you do your homework. This is how you name the situation. I would have been pontificating on the right way to do it. And that doesn't work right. with every style. And I'm a better person for it because I think my kids appreciate the fact that, wink, wink, dad gets me. Exactly. Dad gets me. Yeah. And that's what we all really want. Yeah, right. right? Any in, style. Our, in whatever way it is. Yeah. We want to be understood. And when we are, we relax. And the path is made a little bit easier. You take it to another level. Yeah. You yeah. really do. Well, Andy, thank you. This has been so great. Parents, grandparents, teachers, aunts, uncles, people who have a kid or kids in your life, take this information and use it. Start listening to your kids and 
figuring out what style they are by whatever name you want to call it right and start giving them back the language that they give you and start meeting those needs and it's going to be a fun job is going to be a lot more fun and i think those tough moments are going to be made a little less so when you've got this level of understanding and your communication and ability to connect that's for sure at the level of personality all right well thank you for listening please join us again next time when we'll talk more about where when and why personality matters and if you like what you hear on these episodes please subscribe to the podcast you can do it on itunes we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on google play we're everywhere so subscribe and please join us again you have been listening to Personality Matters with Sheila Lothian. To learn more about the power of positive personality connections, visit us online at mattersite.com. <laughs>